up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A. The one and only Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Studio 1A, of course, is in Clarendon. We are Pace the Nation, and we are back again for episode 195. An exciting big show to get to today. We got a full crew in the house today, and I'm Chris Farley. Across from me, of course, it's Tess Strike. Tess, how are you? Hey, Chris. You know, I've ever actually checked to see if there's any other Studio 1As in town. <laughs> That's actually, you know, all this fact-checking recently on this program. <laughs> to my left, the one, the, the, the biggest fact-checker, uh, it's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? I would be shocked if if uh, Channel Seven didn't have a one A, Studio One right. A. See you guys so, <laughs> calling me out already. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Right, it's Tess. good that Tess and I are on the same page. Yeah. Uh, to start the show. Yeah, keeping me honest. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Uh, we do have a big show to get to. Uh, a- exciting show, uh, and and we've got. It's a little bit different. A little bit different release date. We'll get to that. Uh, thank you guys for making accommodations. I just kind of dropped my kids off with uh, my, my nanny's not not around tonight. Uh, my mom's out of town. Julie's at a meet. And so I just went over to my uh, nanny Shares house and I said, hey, can you watch my two kids? I gave them 20 minutes notice. And they said, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you did not. Uh, seriously, I just literally gave them 20 minutes. Even though we kind of prepared for this show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I gave him so. Uh, thank for, you for a change. Tess and I didn't get twenty minutes notice. <laughs> I know, we I know. about this for <laughs> yeah. long in advance. I, I had uh, it was just a uh, I had signals crossed with my nanny, and anyway, she wasn't available. Anyway, so thank you, Steve, Roseanne, Nicole, the whole team over there to to watch my two kids. Anyway, a team. <laughs> well, not it's the child care team, a family, mm-hmm. the great. Fa- I I don't know if they listen. I'll tell mm-hmm. them. Uh, I'll say thank you, regardless whether they listen or not. They're uh, <laughs> making the show, helping make the show possible but a big show to get to and a little bit different show because we are uh going to address one of the biggest topics in running uh currently i'd say it's the biggest topic of the week of the month right uh and and excited to have new york times senior editor lindsey krauss on the program today uh she wrote the article nike told me to dream crazy until i wanted a baby and that was a opinion article from alicia montano that uh, Lindsey Krauss wrote, uh, and this article was about women, maternity leave, running, being pregnant as a professional runner, a whole lot there to kind of unravel and unwrap. Um, so just a big topic mm-hmm. and excited that we're going to have Lindsay on the program today. She also wrote a follow-up article uh, last week, Nike and Pregnancy, Your Answers, uh, Your Questions Answered. You did that before, your answers, questions. <laughs> I think I did that in the future, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. So, that, that, yeah. I predict that will happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Nike and pregnancy, your questions answered. I think I fumble on this topic because uh-huh. it is such a hot-button topic. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I want to, um, you know, I'm glad, I, I'm excited we have her on, but, uh, you know, this uh, this topic, I don't very, know. Very good chance that you step in hot water. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely. Yeah. I de- so I'm glad we've got you guys to help navigate. Um, but that excited, hot water? <laughs> excited to have Lindsey Krauss on it. I, I want to take most of the, the – uh, I want to take most of the show to kind of talk about uh, – to, to talk about that article and, mm-hmm. and have Lindsey uh, – 
kind of help us navigate those hot waters. Yes. And and I think um, because this is a current topic mm-hmm. and we don't know what the news cycle is going to be on this, we plan on releasing this ahead of schedule. Okay, right. But if you are a traditionalist, right. you can press pause and pick up the show again next Monday when it's supposed to be released. Well, I'll say the traditional. No problem. The, that's fu- yeah, absolutely. But the traditionalists are probably plowed through that episode on Monday already, and they're ready for some <laughs> new content. Yeah. Um, so excited to have Lindsey Krause um, on uh, on the program today. I will say on the Jared Ward episode, uh, mm-hmm. we had we had discussed talking about this uh, topic. And uh, I'm glad Tess was the one who said, you know what? We haven't done any research on <laughs> yeah, this topic. We should yeah, push it. Yeah, so I- I'm glad you said that. And then um, we are, or we were able to get Lindsay on the show. Big props to Charlie Band for helping us uh, get Lindsay on the program today. But yeah, good foresight there, Tess. For That's not, what I'm here uh, for. Yeah, for not, uh, for not talking about the show on last week's program. All right, so let's just get to it. Excited to have next up. Senior editor of the New York Times, Lindsay Krause. She joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Tess and Docs, we are excited to be joined by senior editor for the New York Times. It's Lindsay Krause. Lindsay, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I am good. So senior editor, is that right? Did I get that right? I know you focus mostly on sports, but uh, senior editor, is that correct for New York Times? Yeah. Um, at the Times I do, um, I oversee this uh, short documentary series called OpDocs, but okay. then if I'm reporting, you see my byline on articles about distance running, usually sports and kind of gender as well. Fantastic. Well, give her a follow. Great follow on Twitter. It's li- at Lindsay Krause. Um, we're going to have, we wanted, we wanted you to come on today and talk about your most recent article that has gained a lot of attention in the running world. And congratulations on that. Um, which has been, it's, it's been crazy. The amount of interest and and excitement and and controversy, I'd say a little bit that's been generated by this. So congrats on that. Um, how did you get this, uh, relationship with, uh, let me start there. How'd you get this relationship with Alicia Montano? How did that, how did, how did that start? Sure. So back in, uh, I think it was 2014, I wrote an article for the sports section, uh, that was kind of based off my own interest in just how women, my friends, it started with, uh, but a lot of my friends are sort of sebele elite distance runners just socially and i was looking at how even at the professional level women were increasingly having um, babies and coming back and being just as fast or faster than ever so i introduced i interviewed for that article um cara goucher and alicia montano and a number of other women at all different kind of levels of elite distance running and in that uh a number of them have kind of told me that by the way like i think the headline of the article was for marathon runners to endurance tests and it was kind of framed in a very positive way about sort of the physical challenges and some of the industry challenges and they told me that this was an issue for them mm-hmm. um, but they told me off the record and so I just kind of stored that away in my mind and anytime I was watching you know a female runner get pregnant I was wondering you know a professional runner I was wondering if this was also her struggle um, or if contracts had just changed um, you know fast forward to 2016 kind of the Me Too movement um, and also 
some of the sort of very woke advertising on the part of Nike. Mm -hmm. uh, it made me wonder again if this was still an issue, and if so, could at the New York Times, with all the new investment in um, sort of video and creativity and creative approaches to journalism and opinion journalism in particular, that we've been um, experimenting with, could we almost use the um, the theme, almost like the approach of these ads and kind of turn them on their head. And so I reached out to Alicia, who, um, you know, she wasn't totally competing actively at the time, but uh, I had a feeling she would still care about this. It was just like, are you game? Um, and the cool thing with her was she was like, yeah, I remember you, like, I'm game for whatever. Um, and just kind of trusted us to... You know, I interviewed her about the about her experience, um, scripted it out for her, and then we came up with a concept. And she was just like an amazing performer, um, and just kind of was the voice of this video and starred in this ad that we created for her, um, like this opinion video ad. And um, and then I just, but my question was, so Alicia's experience obviously was a number of years ago. If Nike is Nike in particular is throwing out these ads to say like we support women, has anything? changed um and so i had to do kind of like the journalism of actually reaching out to a number of agents and athletes themselves and other industry experts to see if it had changed and obviously we found that it had not um uh nike and other sponsors they often will pay women um but they won't guarantee it and so even women that do get paid uh there's there's still the stress of you know not knowing if it's going to work out for you and chances are that's probably compromising performance and i think it's a conversation worth starting so that was the goal and it was exciting that alicia was was game to help start that it's an opinion article in the new york times we mentioned it before you came on it's called nike told me to dream crazy until i wanted a baby uh so a five minute video that that so you produce the whole video as well as the article yeah so i casted the video mm -hmm. like so first i casted First, I knew, so I had this idea of like, let's see if we could start a conversation around, you know, will the will the we tried to be very narrow because Nike is obviously the industry leader. It's also throwing out these ads saying that it that it supports women and that it supports this issue. So we were like, even though the issue of maternity leave in the sport of just of running is a very, very niche in issue it's also one that i knew as recently as this year women it had tried to change even for just themselves women that you would expect would be able to do that and the, the sponsor was saying no and they were saying it's not they're not able to get this because you know one per, one woman can't really advocate for herself like no woman is is powerful right. against nike so the so from talking to them, they said, but if this were somehow in the public consciousness, maybe it could start a dialogue about the way that, like, particularly this industry supports women or doesn't support women and how it could improve. And from there, if we could get that changed, maybe there are other things in the sport that could change as well in positive ways, you know, with a groundswell of public support and industry support. So, you know, obviously it's, it is a lot about Nike, uh, but this is a story of, you know, of, of women who are athletes who are, are, or are becoming pregnant or want to become pregnant and, you know, don't have health insurance or they can't continue yeah. to compete. And so it's not necessarily women against Nike, though, right? I mean, it's. Yeah, that's it, exactly right. Uh, and why did Nike garner the headlines then? We, we chose Nike because in talking with a number, we chose Nike 
Because talking with a number of people in the industry, people seem to think that if Nike changed being the industry leader, every other um, every other sponsor would follow. Because how could they compete against Nike if it's offering, you know, the arrangements that it's offering and sort of the, um, the visibility that it offers as a sponsor, sort of that endorsement and maternity leave. So there was that reason of kind of that if you're going to, influence an industry you start with nike and then um and then there was also the issue of nike's advertising is really elevating itself as um as a leader in this field and i so that also just made me wonder just from an empathetic perspective what is it like to actually be you know to not be serena williams and right. to compete for nike to have invested your entire career in nike and then to watch them publicly applaud you and privately not necessarily punish you, but kind of do the opposite of applause um, if you're going to have a baby. And I, I was just wondering what that must feel like. And in my conversations, I certainly found out um, that people definitely felt like it was an advertising contradiction. So, Lindsay, you mentioned at the first part of your answer there that you felt like if Nike can make this change, you'll have this industry-wide change. And then in the, the days following the article, we saw different organizations like Burton Snowboards, like mm-hmm. Brooks Running, Noon, Hydration, all made these changes before Nike even came out with a reaction. Um, what would you say to the larger industry changing ahead of this? Yeah, I mean, and, and frankly, I was surprised by Nike's announcement on Friday night. Um, I think there so are they did make an like, announcement. Sorry. I'm sorry, they, they did. They did, okay. Um, yeah, and, and on what's, Friday what's night. The, yeah, what's the announcement that they made? Yeah, so I don't have any details from them yet. Um, I've still been talking to, you know, athletes. We're still following the story, and there are still athletes that are interested in potentially speaking on the story. So I'd been chasing that, um, and I was really excited by the number of women that did want to talk about this issue, at least privately, um, and some who do want to talk publicly. In the meantime, um, on Friday night, Nike did put out an announcement through a retail reporter at the Wall Street Journal um, announcing contractual changes around maternity and its contracts in response to this article and the discussion that it started, which sounds like really forward-looking progress. Um, I have a number of questions, as do certain athletes uh, who have really kind of embraced this this issue around like what exactly that means. Like, um, do the current athletes in um, with at, with contracts and negotiations does this apply to them? Because uh, many of them haven't heard anything about that yet, and so just sort of I think the positive response from Nike is encouraging, and um, I think specifics are important because you need corporations to um, to not just kind of speak equality, but actually to practice it. And so um, I think they've definitely spoken in all the right ways. And um, now it's just kind of seeing how that actually works, um, how they follow through. And I don't think we know that yet. Well, it's super exciting that, <laughs> that maybe this article uh, spurned some change. I mean, you got to be totally. exci- excited about that, right? Yeah, no, that was really exciting because I um, we had not heard anything from Nike. We'd heard, um, and again, the reason why we did call out one sponsor was that we were like, that was probably the best way to actually get something to change. If you just call out an industry, if you just say change is needed, then it doesn't actually put accountability on any one group of people. Any, any actual group to do anything, you can just kind of diffuse responsibility and no one changes. And so it was actually an interesting example of how opinion journalism and sort of like the activism of one person um, or a number of people. I mean, Alicia was certainly joined by other women like Kara Goucher and Phoebe Wright who would run for Nike. But um, it kind of showed that if you do 
make specific asks and then broaden them out from there, that's a good way to get change to happen. Because again, maternity leave is just symbolic. Right. It's not every woman's going to use it, but it's an important symbol. What what changes do you think the the athletes that you've talked to what what changes are they looking for? Um, I mean, the first one obviously is very specific um, information around performance based reduction clauses in um, in contracts. I think if you you know, if you are planning on having a long career, as Kara Goucher was, as Alicia Montano was, um, then if you're a woman, you want to at least have the choice of having a baby. And, um, you know, it's not to say that you're going to. That's the personal decision for every woman. Um, but you want to know if you're going to. Um, you know, other women I've talked to talk about having to hide their pregnancies from their employers. Um, not not because they have to, but they just feel this pressure. Like if they have a baby that they're not serious about their career um, and, you know, maybe worthless to their sponsors. And so I think that that's where this got interesting from a symbolic perspective. I think that those issues, if Olympians are feeling that way, like what is the average woman feeling? Like what is first of all, the average elite or sub elite athlete with like a little sponsorship? Right. Um, and then what is the, the random woman in the workplace who isn't an Olympian and doesn't have that platform? What is she dealing with? And so we were really hoping to start a conversation around maternity and you know just how much workplaces that are formally dominated by men, how much room they're willing to make for women at all. And, and just to sort of back up and explain a little bit to our audience, mm -hmm. so these, uh, these, these women and men uh, who are contracted by some of these brands, Nike being the biggest, uh, they have performance clauses in their contract, and if they don't meet those clauses, they could be paid less every year. Is that correct? That's exactly right. They also have um, appearance clauses in their contracts. Mm -hmm. This is speaking specifically from Nike and sort of the contracts that I saw. Um, but appearance clauses are um, a little bit more generous. So you could still be doing appearances pregnant, but if you're not racing, you're not going to necessarily be guaranteed to get paid. Yeah, and there's been a lot. And so that was the conversation. And we were there's trying been to start. a lot of discussion back and forth, and and some brands. Uh, there's been some support from some brands that you know that said, "Hey, we do support our athletes." Uh, you know, maybe New Balance or Wassell were two examples that I saw. Are there other yeah. brands that do actually support their athletes that you've yeah, heard well, of? Absolutely. I mean, we reached out to Asics for this story. Um, uh, because Alicia was actually sponsored by ASIC. This is not a Nike problem. Right. Um, this is an industry-wide pro problem. Um, I wouldn't say that other industries are advertising support for women doing something as crazy as getting pregnant. And and so that's another reason why we were kind of specifically looking at Nike with this. Um, but, and I mean, Nike sponsors, as they said in one of their statements, thousands of women, this is a really important issue um, when it comes to Nike. Um, yeah, so we reached out to ASICS um, and they said we honor the contracts of female athletes. And New Balance also said that they've paid every woman. Even Nike has paid many women recently. Um, I obviously haven't spoken to every woman who's had a baby with Nike recently, but they have paid many women. Um, the issue is that honoring the contracts, many many contracts have performance-based reductions. So you could honor the contract. Like Kara Goucher and Alicia Montano's contracts were offered uh, were honored when um, – when they were either not paid or paid. Um, they're like, 
brands are actually not honoring contracts in many cases mm-hmm. by paying women during their pregnancy. And so they're just being generous. And so the question here, and I think this is why it was symbolic of many other issues, is will you change the contract so that women don't have to ask for support, so that they are guaranteed some sort of rights? Again, you don't have to pay them for their entire pregnancy or if they don't come back faster. But during, can they actually know ahead of time what their rights are without having to ask for them so that they can plan around that and plan their comebacks that way Lin- instead of finding out when it's over. Right. Lindsay, one, one of the things that's come up from uh, this article is is people talking about a, a contractor versus a full-time mm-hmm. employee. Yeah. Uh, and there's been a lot of comments on that. Can you can you expand on that and, and maybe even talk about what, what expectations – uh, a an athlete might have regarding benefits as a contractor. Yeah, I think that's a really important conversation and another reason why I was happy to bring this up because athletes at all levels in both genders, um, you know, from the Olympia from the Olympian level on downward, they do not necessarily make a lot of money, particularly in distance running. They aren't guaranteed a lot. Like a lot of athletes don't have health insurance to begin with, which is a whole other issue that mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that this very narrow approach um, that was kind of hard to ignore might start um, because there are a lot of issues in um, in this sport that I think aren't necessarily athlete friendly. Um and in this case, we were just hoping that if we looked at maternity leave, it might um, it might kind of change if, if if brands were willing to actually look at maternity leave and change it. Maybe they would look at insurance. Maybe they would look at, um, you know, the extent to which um, athletes in, at Nike, independent contractors are often in exclusive contracts. So they can't go and make money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe the extent that athletes um, could support themselves in other ways, um, which again at Nike seems a little difficult. Um, but I do think that from a national perspective, it's worth talking about um, benefits. At, you know, as we move towards a gig economy, increasingly, it's worth talking about what athletes. I mean, sorry, what any person who isn't covered by employee sponsored benefits, how they're supposed to live a full and productive life while they're also scrambling to support themselves. Again, I think if you look at athletes, it's a great way to start that conversation because we revere them on the court, but we don't necessarily sponsors or the public ensure that they're guaranteed support um, privately. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, many of these brands that we're talking about are US based companies and, and the United mm-hmm. States as a nation doesn't have particularly strong maternity policies or maternity yeah. leave. And do you think that you're seeing different policies outside of the US or is this a blanket issue elsewhere? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we definitely focused on America. Um, Again, we wanted to be narrow, um, and I encourage the conversation to expand out to how athletes in Europe are covered, how European brands cover um, their athletes in Europe and America, um, you know, how African athletes are covered. Um, I think these are all really, really important conversations to have. I don't think it was going to be possible in one um, piece to get into all of that, but I would love to pursue all of that in the future. Um, America is the... Um, only advanced country or only country with an advanced economy that does not offer um, paid maternity or does not offer some sort of maternity benefit um, to women. And I think that, again, looking at Olympians who have had this um, had this experience and, you know, that who have been publicly applauded when Alicia ran pregnant um, when she was eight months pregnant, she was totally applauded. Carrie Goucher was on the cover of a ton of magazines. So I think 
and neither of them felt comfortable talking about their private struggles. So I, I was hoping that if we did expose that and, you know, for, for women who we really admire for having children and maintaining a professional athletic career, hopefully we could look a little bit more at America in general and what we're not, um, what we're not offering in terms of benefits to other women. And, and, and just, and I think that again, for our audience to understand, I think that it's pretty standard that Nike, Adidas, Asics, I don't even think New Balance would offer health insurance through. No, their, they don't offer that. And they're contractors. These, these athletes are contractors. Now the, mm-hmm. the USOC does offer some health insurance. And so I think this is a sort of a, a, maybe not a vendor conversation or a sponsor conversation, but it could be a USOC conversation too. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And we put that in Alicia's video. Um, Alicia and um, Shannon Robery and a a few other female athletes who have gone through this have been involved with USATF um, in terms of um, starting a legislation that might protect um, athletes that are um, at their level um, of elite competition. But at the USOC level, they have not yet um, done anything that would prevent a woman who cannot compete in the span of time that's necessary to compete at a high level to retain their insurance, there are no protections right now. And so this is absolutely a conversation that should be happening um, among other governing bodies. And uh, we've certainly encouraged that as well. We haven't heard anything from the USOC back yet. Um, When I asked them, they were like, yeah, our policy covers pregnant women. But I asked them, but if you are a pregnant woman and not competing for the amount of time that your governing body requires to continue to recommend you for USOC insurance, how do you retain it? And they didn't respond. Hmm. Um, we've talked about some athletes who've had reaction to this, uh, which has been great. You've had a ton of, I, I've seen you back and forth on Twitter with um, Alicia and Dina Castor chimed in. And I'm interested in your thoughts on her perspective. Um, I don't know what to infer from her tweet about saying that I wouldn't tw- stir the pot. You know, I'm more solutions based. Uh, is that, do you think it's a shot at somebody? Well, like, what do you think of that? Um, I would imagine that there are some rivalries and, um, you know, kind of internal politics playing out in public forums like Twitter. Um, But at the same time with Dina's remarks, I think that those echo other remarks that we're seeing playing out in our political, um, like, you know, social and political dialogue right now, you know, kind of the difference between like an up by the bootstraps mentality of like, I earned these benefits, which I think is what she's saying. And she recommends that other people apply her approach. Um, I think that's wonderful that the American Marathon um, record holder Mm -hmm. was able to um, achieve support. And I think that her strategy of, um, I believe she offered one solution of sending cookies to a sponsor in order to hopefully entice them to support you. And I do think that's one attitude of sort Mm -hmm. of, if you want to be sponsored, earn that. But I don't think that that's necessarily a scalable solution. Um, And so I, I, I would sort of encourage athletes not to um, take down other athletes that are just right. advocating for benefits that, I mean, Alicia and Kara aren't going to benefit from any sort of maternity leave. They're more just sharing their experiences in the hope that other people don't have to go through what they went through. It doesn't really seem like providing benefits would hurt anyone even the companies because it's not that much money um it's not benefits it's just extending pay um or ensuring that pay won't be cut or at least saying what it will be ahead of time so given that it doesn't seem like it would hurt anyone i've yet to see an argument for why someone shouldn't 
know what their rights are going into it. Um, the issue right now is that pregnancy and maternity just don't appear in contracts at all. So they're being ignored. And so I think, but I think for some athletes, and it makes sense. I mean, distance running is a sport where you have to work really hard. You're lucky to get sponsored, but it doesn't seem like it would hurt anyone to um, to actually address this issue. And I think that, um, to me, Dina's remarks were representative of a slightly regressive um, mind frame as opposed to the progressive one that um, I think Kara and Alicia and other athletes and, and, are. And in your experience, your experience, you don't believe that Alicia is a pot stirrer. You feel like she's authentic and trying to get this movement forward. I mean, I would call Alicia a pot stirrer. <laughs> okay, this, okay. is, this is, this is pot stirring. <laughs> right, Alicia right. is speaking up about something right. that she thinks is wrong. But it's not think, for her personal, you don't believe this is for her own, you know, personal celebrity or anything like that. No, absolutely mm, okay. not. Um, I, cause I approached Alicia. Um, right, right. Alicia was doing this because I, um, was looking for someone to speak up for this, um, this conversation that I was hoping to start in an industry that I followed for a long time and have kind of heard murmurings of, uh, but never really had a chance to, um, to really confront head on. Um, and I was curious what the outcome of that conversation would be. Alicia is speaking up because she has a platform right now and had a really, really difficult experience that she thinks, um, did not, uh, necessarily help and at worst, um, harmed her comeback in terms of like the stress that she had to go through. I mean, Kara obviously as well. And, um, just believes it's the right thing. I mean, that is stirring the pot. Sure. And I would say that Dina is doing the opposite of that. I mean, any athlete that's saying like, just pipe down, <laughs> athletes aren't necessarily advocates and that's fine. Their job is to shut up and run in some ways. Um, and Alicia doesn't want to do that. Um, and I think that's, I mean, I guess I'll, I won't say what I think about that, but I, I definitely wanted to facilitate that for her. Well, I, I think that you have exacted some change here, which is awesome. I don't know what the actual change will be. And what do you think long-term these athletes need to do? Do they need to form a union? Do they need to, I'm just thinking big like sports, do they need to strike at the Olympics or something like that to get what they need? What do you think? You know, I would argue that they probably don't even need to do that. I think step one in terms of this, uh, in terms of kind of following this conversation closely, both as it's unfolded publicly and privately, is that they all need to kind of speak up. Um, I think that historically they've probably been, you know, some have said that they've been discouraged by their sponsors from supporting uh, women publicly that run for other brands. Um, that does not help a sport. Um, mm -hmm. I think that it does help a sport to, like a rising tide in many ways does lift all ships. Uh, it's, it's rare to, but I don't think distance running has always been like that. I mean, possibly, well, I've always been really interested in how, um, you know, starting in around like 2000 or so, like American women were running really alone um, and they weren't very good. Um, like some of them were, but certainly not collectively. Sure. Fast forward to now, two decades later, and American women are really good. And part of that's because they started training in groups. As of right now, those groups are still somewhat separated by sponsors. But if you look, you know, um, Shalane Flanagan runs for Nike. She won the New York City Marathon. Right after that, her Olympic teammate who runs for Brooks, Des Linden, she won the Boston Marathon. Yep. I mean, if, if women at least at least um, project working together and, you know, you don't always have to be best friends um, or even training partners, but if you at least, you know, feel united when you're um, trying to collectively improve, um, I think that's a good step. And so for here, I don't think it's that, 
you know, everyone needs to, you know, be nice to each other or, um, I don't know, completely support each other. I mean, at the end of the day, only one person can win. But I think everyone kind of speaking up about, again, like just what maybe should be their rights as women in a sport um, that ha- where the rules have been written by men with men in mind. That's the only way for a sport to make more room for them. The worst thing you can do is think, I'm just so good that I'm special. So a- interesting that you release this on Mother's Day. Um, very, uh, very well timed. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't a coincidence, but uh, more, uh, even more than that, um, why, why the timing for, you know, this coming out now? Is it because it's, uh, you know, relevant because of Me Too? Would have this been relevant uh, four or five years ago? Um, so two things, Mother's Day and then why now? Um, I mean, in terms of Mother's Day, it was actually partly just because, you know, we have a, an amazing new um, group of editors and producers and directors and opinion video. Um And by the time we finished this, I think we shot this with Alicia in March. And then, you know, all these guys were like, when should we bring it out? And I think it was, you know, mid-April. And I was like, well, Mother's Day, obviously. (laughs) When's that? And I was like, it's uh, it's, uh, May 12th, I think it was. Um, And then we, um, and that just seemed like a really obvious date. Um, Someone had told me um, uh, a little bit, like maybe a day or two. We'd already finished it. Like I had to kind of scramble on the reporting element for that written component that was going in it. Um, Cause before that I'd just been working on the, on the video and I wanted to really kind of show my work and show that this wasn't just Alicia, you know, stirring the pot um, <laughs> as we were saying earlier. Right, right. Um, and yeah, I wanted to show that there was real depth behind these arguments to kind cause I felt like that would um, make it less dismissible. So I had to finish that. We got it ready for Mother's Day, and then someone um, showed me a video that Nike was going to drop um, on Mother's Day as well. And so we just made sure we we dropped this right before nice. um, so that the two videos could really speak to each other and kind of, again, show potential contradictions. I mean, I felt bad that certain athletes that put it on their Instagram then were confronted by comments right, around it. Right. Oh, it certain Ni- Nike, you're saying certain Nike athletes put the Nike exactly. video. Oh, wow. Right. Right. And so they were facing comments about our video, wow. like when they, you know, had nothing to had do nothing with to the do space with it. necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but that's just how that works. And that's also how conversations get started. Uh, but I never wanted to, I felt like, I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes I'd feel like, oh, this is really stressful to put this out. And then I'd be like, but it's just a positive thing. No one is hurt by starting this conversation, which is why we should feel totally good about having it. Mm-hmm. And and then so that was the Mother's Day. Mother's Day thing, but and then why now? Why not? Uh, you know why why 2019 right. and not like 2016 when or 2014 when this idea kind of uh, came to you mm-hmm. with with your initial interviews. Yeah, I mean, I think I think part of it's just been due to who I've worked with at the times. I mean, I've had this in the back of my mind. I mean, this was in my initial reporting, just phrased in a different and more positive way. Um, and, you know, fast forward to 2016, we see the Me Too movement happen. Like, we see the Times report on that. And in opinion, where I work, where my main job is, um, I have this new editor there who was just like, Lindsay, like, you're a big distance runner. Like, you report this stuff a lot. Like, I want you to actually do something where, and like, he was like, you have carte blanche. Like, I am going to invest in this, but I want you to do something that is going to move the needle on something. And it almost became this thought exercise of, 
like obviously women in sports are not like there's a lot of room for improvement there but if you just kind of and i feel like a lot of the dialogue around it is like women in sports need to improve and so we were we wanted to start a conversation that was extremely targeted where if one thing might change maybe other things might change um but we wanted it to be something where an antagonist could not escape from like the argument that we were making. And so it almost became a thought exercise and a creative exercise as much as anything else. I have never had that kind of investment behind anything that I've done mm. at the time before. And so it was, you know, partly, um, partly an example of um, just having a really, really great editor um, and person investing in me and sort of an idea or an argument that I had Um and kind of letting us see if we could make turn it into a proof of concept for other things at the times, which I think we succeeded at, um, even though it was you know stressful to make sure that uh, we delivered on that. I didn't want to have any holes, and I think it was ultimately stronger with those kinds of expectations. Um, and then, yeah, I think also just in 2016, like if you saw like the Times Up movement was really interested in this. Um, I think also just with Nike throwing down certain ads that it's been doing lately it was setting itself up for some sort of critique right. along these lines um and not just from you know conservatives who don't like colin kaepernick um <laughs> and so i think there were a number of different social and political factors that did kind of make this a slightly more zeitgeisty topic than i ever expected but i was hopeful that it might tap into some of those themes Lindsay, did you see any other points of improvements? You focused very specifically and and targeted contracts. Were there any Mm -hmm. other of those specific targets that you think athletes and, and the public should focus on moving forward? I mean, I think health insurance is something really important. Um, Obviously, there are wage issues that are just so nebulous that I I couldn't even begin to target it in this specific thing. I would have to do so much more reporting. Um, I also thought as a first step for a conversation starter, again, like Mother's Day, maternity leave, like these are things, even right now in the country, we're having this abortion debate. Um, And of course, we didn't want to directly get to that, but it was probably, it was really hard to ignore that we're talking about, like last week we were talking about women getting punished for not wanting to have babies. And we also happen to be talking about women getting punished who did want to have babies. Like, um, I think right now women's reproductive rights is just a really important thing in the country but yeah there's health insurance um there's wage gap issues there's um you know if uh there's kind of visibility issues like um when i I actually think distance running they do do a really good job of elevating women but there's obviously more that we can improve um, with women's sports and i'd love to talk more about that and i think also in my department now that they've seen that this has has had an impact they do want to do more on this so i'll definitely be covering it more you, you've said that you had a lot of athletes reach out to you. I'm assuming that this is uh, uh, across multiple sports and not just in the running industry. Can you, yeah. can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the feedback that you've gotten from other athletes? Yeah, I mean, most of it's been like, thank you for starting this conversation. Like I've never seen, I mean, for running itself, another kind of, slightly transgressive thing that I was hoping to accomplish with this is that no one ever talks about distance running. Like, I feel like if they do, um, it's usually because I came up with some, you know, with Times Journalism, it's usually because I came up with some sort of, like, thought piece about, like, what we can learn from women's finishing rates at the Boston Marathon as opposed to finishing at higher rates than men or something like that. Um, And uh, so I think, yeah, I was hoping to kind of build exposure for the sport overall um, in terms of distance running. But yeah, other women um, at all different levels of different sports. I think what was really cool was hearing from more like 
not like not really famous women um like they would just like message me on instagram or like on twitter like directly message me and be like actually there's this issue in my sport um a lot of them are under contract so couldn't really speak publicly but right um it's really really interesting just to, i think it's actually better to do interviews on background when you start like that's how this conversation came out too and then you can just kind of bear it in mind as you kind of watch other conversations unfold or other events unfold and then when the time is right you do something on it with the information that you learn from these interviews on background and all different I don't think there's any sport where women feel I mean, maybe with the exception of like figure skating or like gymnastics um like perhaps I didn't hear from anyone in those sports I don't think there's any other sport where women feel like oh I am like this sport was made for me and I am equal or better um and that's why I think distance running is actually really interesting because since American women are so good right now they could technically have the upper hand in some ways in some of these sports. It's just because contracts don't change that they don't have that. Do you think that they don't have leverage though, because there's just not enough money in the sport? So yeah, there's not enough money in figure skating or or gymnastics either, but do you think money prevents any sort of leverage? Absolutely. But I also think that money yields money. Um, And, just and when you when and I think I mean that that conversation is or that argument is used a lot when you right. think about women's soccer like American women's soccer right. and my thought at this point is like American women are really really good and of course there are reasons why they're not paid as much as American men who are much worse than them but there's always a reason why men are paid more than women and I don't think that just because there's a reason we shouldn't be talking about why we should maybe be breaking those reasons apart. Okay, I think that's that's a fair point. I, I, yeah, I mean, in the the, discuss, the discussion is it's just a it's a really tough discussion. I'm like measuring my words here as we sort of dive into some yeah. of this gender uh, equality stuff. It's really tough. Um, but you know, it the, is. the the men, uh, you know, the men who are contracted, uh, you know, is it fair that they have, you know, these performance standards that uh you know they'll they'll be paid less if they don't meet those performance standards and the women have a different standard in their contract um can i say that that, yeah yeah, i think when it comes to maternity so i think when it comes to injury it should absolutely be equal okay but i think when it comes to maternity and i think i think these conversations are healthy to have i don't think anyone i don't think there's a right or wrong answer i think this is a matter that should i think the issue right now is that it's not really being debated or before this article Mm -hmm. came out it wasn't being debated it was just being ignored and that's what's wrong i don't even have a solution i don't know that women shouldn't base performance-based reductions in the case of pregnancy i think that's you know above my pay grade I think it should be discussed and there should be some sort of standard practice, at least within sponsors. It should appear in contracts where women know what to expect. The same as you do if you get an injury. And I think why it's important for maternity to be in women's contracts is that only women experience maternity. And right now, pregnancy and maternity outlast standard injury clauses, which are six months. There's literally no way that as a pregnant competitive athlete under contract that you can um, satisfy those performance clauses if you don't compete while pregnant or come back faster than you want. And that is why some some conversation around it needs to unfold and why I'm really interested in what Nike ultimately came up with in terms of these um, perform in terms of these pregnancy clauses in their contracts, which I don't know. I don't know what that answer is yet or what they determined. Um, But that's why it's it's an essential conversation to be having um, to separate pregnancy from injury in contracts i i i get that uh and and i understand how you say that you're not the authority on 
on how to solve this problem. Have any of the uh, women who uh, you've talked to, do they have ideas or, or yeah. suggestions? Like yeah, what, what um, would they like to see? Uh, right now, the um, the prevailing argument is um, no performance-based reductions within 12 months of uh, of childbirth. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know when that would begin or end, um, but that the woman has 12 months, including when she's, you know, 12 months if she's pregnant, um, where she is not penalized financially if, um, if she doesn't compete. And I think that will be healthier for the woman and for the baby. And again, you can start and stop that clock. Well, really you start that clock whenever, whenever, her performances end. Um, and I think just kind of doubling it in the case of pregnancy from the six month um, reduction clauses that usually accompany injury, that would probably be a very humane way of going about it, which isn't to say that if the woman doesn't come back and get to the level that she was at, like maybe then she's penalized. Like everyone understands that these apparel sponsors are not nonprofits. They're not like maternity wards, um, but they shouldn't hurt unnecessarily hurt their athletes i don't even think they're trying to again a lot of women are paid but why not just if that's the case why not just confront it head on on the contracts well the article is nike told me to dream crazy until i wanted a baby uh then you came out with another article uh, nike and pregnancy your answers questioned <laughs> yeah. I, i'm sorry your, your question's, question's answered answer. your qu yeah. answers questioned but maybe both of those <laughs> so yeah. question all your answers yeah um so uh so that's a gr that was a good follow-up and, and you covered a lot of the, the the stuff we talked about here in that that follow-up mm -hmm. article right yeah awesome well yeah, yeah. the I, article was based on a lot of the dialogue that we'd seen um online and things that people were sending me and we were really really like if you read the initial article it was the opposite of mm -hmm. an opinion piece it was just kind of factual reporting and so right. this had a little bit more of like a here's why this is a, is an issue here's why this is an issue and here's what might happen next i like i like less facts i like more opinion personally, personally. <laughs> sure 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 yeah <laughs> All right. Well, we also the problem yeah. was it was getting really long the right, first article right. because it was like introducing people to the problem and then trying to solve it and then trying to introduce them to Alicia, Kara, and Phoebe. Right. You can't time. do long these days. This is you yeah. know the world doesn't do long. So huge. Exactly. I mean, just uh, such an impactful, huge article. Like what? What's next for you? How do you? Uh, how do you top this, Lindsay? <laughs> Sure. Well, right now, actually, we're continuing to kind of follow this story. So I think in the in the next few days, you will be hearing from a few other athletes um, with very personal opinions on this issue. Um, and then from there, I'm eager to hear from Nike on what exactly the specifics are and um, what they announced in the journal with that retail reporter, because I think it was lacking specifics. And I'm very, very curious to um because if they're not able to provide specifics, then how does anyone know if they solve the problem? And I think if that's the case, it's actually an interesting example of, you know, corporate evasiveness and how the way that kind of slippery language can substitute for real policy change. And so I would I really want to follow that just because I, I don't know the answer yeah. right now and to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I want to follow this story as much as possible. But I think in the opinion department, like we do, we um, we are really interested in investing in sort of gender in sports right now. It's an area that I think is representative of um, a lot of issues and a lot of social issues right now. Because, again, if we don't value our Olympians, who are we valuing? Um, you know, they're just a very prominent group of women that are literally using their bodies, um, you know, making money through their physical capabilities. Mm -hmm. And so I think from a pregnancy perspective, it's a very important issue, but in other ways as well. 
So, you know, I want to follow the World Cup. I want to, um, but usually I just kind of, I know, I usually I just kind of like, I'm inter- when I'm interested in a story, I just kind of pursue it, and um, sometimes and sometimes I'm surprised by how much. Uh, sometimes I think it's obvious, and then I'm surprised by how much traction it seems to get right. with an audience of both runners. But ideally, also, you know, people that aren't athletes. No, this is crossed are over. Kind of oh, yeah, for, for sure. Uh, well, yeah, that's so, what I've always liked so to, to do. To be continued, which is great. Well, yeah. I, I, I certainly appreciate. I know you're you're traveling today. You're you're leaving the country today. So I really appreciate you uh, spending yeah, some no time. Worries. Where where are you Gotta headed? Where are you head, headed? Um, I am going to Con for my job as a producer with Opdoc, so I'll be there this week. But I'll just probably be reporting on it. So you're going to go for a run now before you get on the plane? Yeah, I got to go hit Central go. Park and then go nice. pack and then oh, head jealous. over to France. Yeah, awesome. it'll be fun. Very very cool. <laughs> All right, it's senior editor Lindsay Krause for the New York Times. Her article, Nike told me to dream crazy until I wanted a baby. Lindsay, awesome stuff. Great, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, there she goes. Lindsay Krause, she joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to senior editor of the New York Times, Lindsay Krause, for joining us on today's program. Mm-hmm. And she's in France probably right and now while you're listening to probably this. Probably is. She is. Yes, mm-hmm. probably enjoying France. Uh, well, it depends when they listen. So that's 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 very true, or has mm-hmm. enjoyed France. I might go to France just to listen to this episode <laughs> in the future. Would that help? Uh, where, where are they? T- where are they time wise? I don't like, think it can hurt. No, I, I think about uh, six hours ahead. Six five, hours, five ahead. to six hours. Uh, very tr- well. She's probably she's probably had a great time in France. And um, but thanks again to to Lindsay for joining us. Uh, a lot there, um, and I don't know where to start. And mm-hmm. if you guys, um, I, I, I wanted I wanted to kind of discuss it amongst us mm-hmm. now that we've uh, now that we've we've had her on. Uh, but uh, a great interview. Um, yeah, what'd you, what'd you think of Lindsay? I thought Lindsay was incredible. One of yeah. the best guests we've had on. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought she was fantastic. Docs? Well, I, I mean, I'm glad we talked to her. I thought that was uh, really insightful and, and helped expand on, on the topic. What I really wanted to know what the goal of the article was, and, and we got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she and her editors, they wanted to start a conversation uh, I think they they accomplished that goal because there's clearly a conversation going on right now, um, and and I guess the next step is that the professional running community needs to figure out what solutions they want because the conversation's there. Right. Yep. So it sounds like some action has been taken, and I know uh, Tess did way more research than I did. So. <laughs> Uh, what, what did you what did you find out, Tess? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of companies who have changed their policies as a result hmm. of this article. And so we saw a pretty immediate response from Noon Hydration, from Brooks Running, from Burton Snowboards. So coming out of left field at a different right. sport, but still affected by many of the same issues. And then yesterday, so today is Tuesday, May 21st, mm-hmm. yesterday, the 20th, um, we saw an article in which Nike is adding written terms to new contracts to support athletes during maternity leave and, and pregnancy. Um, however, people have kind of been picking that apart because that's for new contracts, not existing contracts. Um, so mm. we're still seeing this progress. Interesting. And that's, I mean, it's got to be a reaction to oh, this, absolutely. this article. Wow. 
uh, impressive that that is what this is solicited a, a reaction like that. That's awesome. Well, I, th- I think that's that's what has to happen though. Is is that um, as as people are negotiating their contracts, they need to talk about this stuff stuff up front and get it in. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that there's uh, precedent being set so that people have a a reference. What I've kind of struggled with is how are individuals because a lot of people signing their first contract are are runners individual runners coming out of college with a lot of potential but they haven't done anything yet uh they really don't have that much leverage in the industry uh and i i was thinking about it and something that you said farley actually um might be a good solution and that's a union Wow. Uh, I said something that resonated with docs. I know. <laughs> even a blind squirrel finds a wow. nut. Uh, yeah. A union would be would be interesting. I don't, you know, the, the, the problem with, uh, you know, the, the problem I see is that the, the union's leverage would be every four years where running mm-hmm. really matters. And is anybody going to really strike the Olympics? I mean, because that would... You know, even threatening matter. can be strong enough, though. Yeah. So just last year, I think even two years ago, the U.S. women's national hockey team was hosting the world championship in the U.S., and the players threatened to strike the games as the host going in as one of the favorites. Hmm. They threatened not to play. And even the threat on the eve of the games was enough to change their policies to have much more support as a team. So if they're serious about it, I think they can do it. And in that case, too, you... You know when they have to get scabs to play, mm-hmm. they were literally getting like uh, people who had zero shot of ever right. playing for the national team. They would have been embarrassed out on the ice. Right. So right. that would not have been a good look. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. I mean, it. That's that's one of the things that 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 I thought about, and and I also thought, well, maybe uh, agents could do a better job of leveraging. Uh, I think it's a lot easier if somebody else is speaking on your behalf. Right. And I also think that that should be the role of the agent to say, I have experience negotiating these contracts. So, uh, let's figure it out. But, but I definitely think that these are things that need to be discussed ahead of time. It concerned me to hear that, uh, women are afraid to bring this up with their sponsors that, that not only have they not had that conversation ever, but they're afraid to bring it up that's not a very healthy work relationship. And I think that some of the organizations have to look internally as well. As part of Lindsay's article, she highlighted that all four representatives from Nike who negotiate the track and field contracts are all men. And I think they need to have that internal look of, do we have the right team of people representing our athletes? And if your organization is so homogenous, these conversations aren't happening internally, then you have a problem. Yeah, and I, I don't think they even thought about it. I think they didn't – I don't think there was malicious intent from Nike or anybody. I just don't think it, they thought about it at all. I think they probably appointed four men to do it, and that wasn't like we're doing that to um, you know, well, to, to give less rights to females. I think that's just the way it happened. I think, I think that, that uh, we need to steer you away from this cliff, Farley. Well, I mean uh, – <laughs> Well, I'll help, yeah. I'll help you yeah. with it. Like – it it may it may be the case, but status quo is not okay. Right, right. And uh, and people need to be looking at their organizations and and proactively promoting diversity um, because status quo is uh, it, it's 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 it doesn't work. Right. 
And I, and I, I will say, I, I am a little defensive of Nike, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I came off of that in, in the interview like that, but I think they do a ton for the sport that they don't get a lot of credit for. Right. And that's a whole nother argument. Well, and so, uh, you well, know. So, something else that, that, that uh, we need to bring up, which is something that Tess brought up in, in the pre-show, is that this is not a Nike problem. Right, Ni- right. Nike was just the ornament used in the article and Lindsay focused on that that right. they wanted to specifically call out and target one right. brand and, and a representative brand to have some accountability for this right right but it's it's an industry problem or it's it's a it's a uh, it's a, a problem, national problem problem with professional running and or, or professional athletics um although I, th- I think that professional running is is a little bit different than uh some other professional sports because if you're in a in a league, uh, you know, playing professional soccer, you're on a team, you're an employee of that team. That contract's different versus a running sponsorship right. and, a, and 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 that kind of contract. But it's still, it's it's not a Nike issue, or it's not just a Nike issue. What I think is interesting, also, which we talked about, is that maybe they were hoping to in uh, light a fire under the biggest. Uh, running company in the country in the world and right. when you look at the list that test is coming up with it's it's coming from the bottom up like there's there's a lot of other uh Niche. smaller yep. companies right. or or whatever that are that are reacting quickly uh and and setting the industry standard yeah i i agree i agree and I, i'm i'm glad nike reacted and it sounds like they are changing i just am a little defensive mm-hmm. of them because i know they do a lot for the sport but again, I'm conflating two different sure. uh, s- subjects here. Sure. So uh, you know, I I, I don't want to. Well, they. Uh, I mean, Nike Nike definitely took a hit from this. Their stock plummeted, uh, and it was really bad PR for Nike. And and like Lindsay said, there there are female Nike athletes that that took part in a uh, Nike promotion without right. knowledge that this was happening. And they also took a uh, a lot of backlash. There's backlash on that. Right. Uh, and so we're also not saying Nike never supports the moms that they sponsor. You know, they sponsor right. some really high-profile women who do have children. So you're talking about Serena Williams. So even though not a runner, still an individual professional athlete who has some of the same concerns or might have some of the same concerns. And so it's not that they have completely abandoned everyone, but it's an issue that will affect many of yeah. their contracts. Yeah, I mean, they signed... Gwen Jorgensen after she was a, a, a mother and you know, I, I yeah, so I, I, I again, I, I, these are two separate, I think, arguments. The only reason I bring it up is because Nike in the last in her two articles, Nike is the first word in the title of both articles. So um, and I think, you know, she she says she did that purposely to to, to really draw attention to, to the biggest company, one of the biggest companies in the world, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but she certainly changed my opinion a little bit on um, the motives that Alicia Montano had. Uh, I, I um, read um, I read Dina Castor's tweet about mm-hmm. her stirring the pot, and um, I think that Lindsay said she stirred the pot, but I think that was a positive thing, and I was thinking it more of a negative thing. So I, I actually I'm, I'm, I totally came around on that. Yeah, I thought the the Dina Castor comment was was interesting because I I I partly agree with what Dina was saying, um, but I also understand why 
other people felt the need to stir the pot and, and bring this to the attention so that it was a conversation. Right. So I, I like I agree. I think that stirring the pot in this in this example is a positive. However, Dina was saying you need to have conversations with your um, sponsors. With your sponsors. Yep. yep. And and that's the right way to go about it. Yep. Like I said before, the thing that concerned me was people didn't feel comfortable talking to their sponsors and talking to uh, these companies. So hopefully this this pot being stirred sparks that uh, um, that conversation that as well. And 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 as Lindsay said, uh, you know, it wasn't Alicia coming to Lindsay. It was Lindsay who came mm-hmm. to Alicia uh, to try to, to to get this story out of her. I think something else that might be good that comes out of this is differentiating between. Uh, pregnancy and injury mm-hmm. um, because these these standard professional running contracts they have uh, performance escalators so you win a gold medal you you make the world team mm-hmm. whatever uh, this can escalate your contract and they also have performance reductions and and one of the performance reductions you know is is injury and and there's like a standard time on the injury or whatever's in the contract I and think it's th- these reductions are mostly because you don't perform to a certain standard, right. whether that's injury or not. So I don't think they differentiate it. Maybe there are injury. One uh, of one of the subcategories is injuries. Oh, okay. And okay. but but you're right. Like there there are uh, performance targets that need to be met right. in these contracts. Uh, but I, I think it's I think it's good if they if they create a a new section that that handles pregnancy. Right, because it's it's you know it's something that's not being addressed and it's not there and it doesn't fit into any of the any other of these, yeah. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I think they are. It sounds like they are addressing, or I assume they are addressing it. You would hope they are. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I, I I I agree. I thought it was one of our our um, best um, guests and um, a really important topic. So. Um, I hope we, I hope we did it justice. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add. You know, I think it's something that's actually growing outside of the running industry at the mm-hmm. moment. So we mentioned Burton snowboards, but we mm-hmm. also had um, Sally B of Wazelle, who's generally very active on Twitter and and a strong woman leading a women centered company. Mm-hmm. But she started a conversation on Twitter this week around maternity leave in general, not even within professional sports. And I think they're trying to grow that even beyond the perspective of just pro runners into all women in the U.S., which is what Lindsay said that she wanted this to eventually grow into, and I think we're just starting to see the beginning of yep. that. Yep. And Wassell, somewhere in there, Wassell and New Balance were uh, by somebody. You know, they were they were celebrated as companies who have supported uh, women through pregnancy and maternity leave and all that stuff. So, uh, kudos to them. I think that was maybe in the uh, Sarah Brown. Um, well, yeah, I mean, interview. we we had Sarah Brown on yep. the show, and and she was. Uh, oh yeah, she was very. Uh, she gave, gave remark glowing remarks about New Balance for sure. Yeah, and us. if you if you haven't heard that, uh, she talks about how she uh, continued to be a professional runner through pregnancy, and the the things that they had to adjust, the adjustments that they had to make, and uh, the the support that she had in that. It, it was a really cool story. Uh, you have to go way back yep. somewhere in our first hundred episodes, <laughs> right? Google it. it, it it's there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, if you have feedback, thoughts, always tweet us at Pace the Nation. Um, love to hear your thoughts. Continue the conversation. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks again to, to, to Lindsey Krause for taking the time to talk to us about this important topic. All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we've got Wayfarers, the road race in Annapolis that we put on. That's coming up. It's a half marathon. It's a 10K. Uh, you can go to runpacers.com and sign up for that or wayfarers.com, sign up for that race. Uh, it's going to be an awesome race, and I promise it won't be hot. Um, well, I don't promise, but uh, it was hot last year, so I think. They don't uh, know if your fingers are crossed. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Uh, so runpacers.com for all the information on Wayfarers and other races and other action we've got going on at the store. All right. So um, something less controversial. Um, did you guys watch Game of Thrones? I've actually never seen an episode. You've mm-hmm. never seen it? All right. So that's controversial. Maybe this I, is controversial. I don't know. I watched it. I, I, as, I, as I didn't I either. I, I, I've, never, I've never watched an episode, too. I think mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've covered that. That we I mean, live under a rock. Yeah. Farley doesn't like period pieces. <laughs> well, let me just, let me <laughs> just say that. He let, let, a a buddy of mine, um, mm-hmm. Scott, uh, he listens to the show. He helped me. Um, get into your house get once? in my house once he's got the, the oh the, the pocket door yeah. incident of 2019 yes yes he's got a great ring um you know uh door apparatus mm-hmm. instrument whatever um i i was le- i was going out to take out the trash uh sunday night around 10 30 or 11 did you hear mm-hmm. screaming <laughs> it wasn't screaming but it was I, I i well maybe some some screaming underneath his breath because um, my buddy Scott, he was walking around the neighborhood, and I think he, he was hot. I mean, he, I think he was legitimately upset. And I'm sorry I'm blowing up your Scott, uh, spot mm-hmm. here, Scott. Mm-hmm. But his passion for his disdain for this last episode was clear. Hmm. Um, and I get it. You invest in something for years and years and years, you want the payoff. Mm-hmm. And the payoff wasn't there for him, and I don't think the payoff was there for a lot of people. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. And, and now that you put a face to uh, <laughs> this campaign, right. it's going to it's it really takes the air out of the tires, my tires. Right. OK. Uh, so I don't appreciate Because you were upset that. with the Scots of the world. Well, yeah. I, I mean, uh, to to a degree, I, this is this is what I think is 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 I think that um, they had a bunch of books written by a, a genius author and they followed those books for six seasons or something like this. And then uh, the books weren't finished. He told them, this is what we're going to do. Okay. And the show writers have other stuff that they want to do, so, or the show runners. And they were like, let's just wrap this thing up. And so they just took a beeline to the exit uh, and you know things that would take... Oh, so they didn't have the books to guide them at this point. No, the book's not written. Oh. And, and so for, for the close of the show... They wrapped everything up really, really, really quickly, and I think HBO was willing to add a couple seasons on, and um, you know maybe the actors were too. I don't know, but but uh, the showrunners just wanted to wrap everything up and move on to another project. You know, uh, is this the first time uh, a movie it. has ever spoiled a book and not the other way around? Right. Seriously, everything everything is always book first. I can't mm-hmm. think of anything. Well, yeah. Well, I mean. Exactly. I mean, you don't make stuff out of bad books. Um, but right. but it, it, it was uh, – George R. R. Martin is old and he takes too long to write. He may never finish the books, but okay. I think at this point he better finish them because and it'll people, be a different, people really need it. different ending than what well, – There were differences. I mean, they had to adapt it. And so there, there were characters that existed on the show that didn't exist in the Got books it. and, you know, total plot lines that were taken out and, and et cetera, et cetera. 
But my point was that I think that people can be upset that they they really felt it really feels like the ending was rushed and and we got there way too quickly. What what I don't like is everybody picking every little thing apart about the story or this or that. The story is what it is, you know. It's it's to me it's like people are just just want to pile on and be outraged and and right. like this is like what the inter- this is like the worst part of the internet. Right. And he's not calling you out, Scott. Sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying like right. I I understand why that disappointment was there. Also, I th- I think like our anticipation was was really really high and so it's it, so for me there was like three uh finales this week like this f- which i mentioned last week survivor which i am an avid fan everybody knows mm-hmm. uh and that came to an end that show was actually disappointing as well uh, there's no that, more survivors that, that, no 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 that every oh. every season is like its own thing right oh but that that last episode of this season was very disappointing Got it. okay uh, the Big Bang Theory finished up. Okay. They they actually, I think they they actually hit the mark. I think they did a really good job and did did the show justice. And then Game of Thrones finished, and I think Game of Thrones fell short of the mark because they rushed to the end. Seriously, they, they kicked way too soon. So, but but you did you you did like? I mean, you didn't hate it though. The Game of Thrones last season was 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 uh, rushed, but it, it was rushed. It was a bit disappointing. I, I wasn't crazy about how it ended because everything was like it. Ju- it just really felt rushed. Okay, but but I'm not going to hate on the um, the plot twists and and you know the the major concepts and this happened and this happened. I'm not going to hate on it because it is that is the story. It is what it is. All right, shows that you've uh, watched, Tess, that you liked or disliked the ending. Or are there um, any series that you can think of that you watched? That I liked the yeah, ending or disliked liked the ending? Either. I loved the ending to House. House, okay. That was perfect right, to me. Right. They tie that up with a beautiful bow. Okay, I didn't watch that either. I'm, you I was, didn't? I was hoping that we'd hit on something. You, you, I haven't watched Big Bang. I haven't Breaking watched Bad. House. Breaking Bad was my example. Breaking, I thought Breaking they, Bad that was good. is, right, so you did is watch that? Okay. hit it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, they, I they, they did it. a great job wrapping yep, up that show. Um, how about old school? Uh, have you ever watched Seinfeld? Um, I have. So, yeah. I, so this is what I would say is that Breaking Bad is at the top of the pyramid and Seinfeld is at the bottom of the pyramid. Is it below The Sopranos? Yeah, Sopranos were the other ones I was I, thinking of. Sopranos I thought was okay. What would you think of that, the, the ending? I, I was okay with it, but I know it made a lot of people very right. upset. I, I was in the, the majority of people who thought that the, the cable went out. <laughs> right, because I, I, I was in a hotel. No I watched was, it in a hotel, and no I was way like, the end. "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, and and then and then something came on later, and I was like, "Oh, that's it's supposed to be like that." So, Sopranos, uh, the uh, Seinfeld. Tess, what happened? In, what happened to Tony Soprano? Hey, I don't listen, know. I love listen, the fact people. that you don't know. Yeah. Listen, people, spoilers are done. Okay, <laughs> Sopranos. I'm yeah. not going to spoil Game of Thrones, but yeah, Sopranos. Sorry, I think uh, it, there's got to be like some sort of like time frame where you you, you can spoil it. And but I think we're past that. What what they did in the Sopranos is they left it to your imagination. Mm-hmm. So what do you think happened? I don't know. I've never. I don't know. I, I need think to, he died. I, I he think dies. he probably died yeah. too. But I don't know. I'd have to I like think, rewatch. I think he was killed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it, but I think he died. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I, the three examples I was thinking: Sopranos, mm-hmm. um, Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and uh, and and then Breaking Bad. Breaking so those Bad are my was three, perfect. So those are my three big shows yeah. that a lot of people La- watched. That a lot of people had a, a, a big problem with the way Lost finished. 
Okay. I didn't um, watch that either. Which okay. is crazy because when I watched it in real time, I thought it was great. I liked it. All right. Well, you could tweet us in about your uh, – this is a very controversial show. Uh, tweet us in about well, your uh, theories on uh, – or, or thoughts on uh, – On the Game of, Game of Thrones. <laughs> <It's> yeah. <laughs> what, throw them all in there. Sure. It's it's relevant because uh, we're building up to our our uh, series finale. <laughs> That's true. Episode no. 200. <laughs> and we want to know what people think in, in uh, episode 200. Our, our you know? writers are running out mm-hmm. of uh, topics. So, yeah. yeah we've yeah. got five to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and our writers are done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I did. I did see a couple other thoughts on um, what we should do for episode 200. I really mm-hmm. liked some of those other ideas that weren't like the putting are, me up. The a, wheels are in motion. Putting me up against a third grader. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I did like the Sweet 16 that uh, uh, JT uh, Running DC gave us the idea of Sweet 16 of shows and going down and. I don't know, giving a sound clip from each of those cl- uh, shows. And so, then, so a Sweet 16 would be like we pick 16 shows and have them yep. put a bracket together? Yeah, a bracket. And we, we could do that as yep, well, yep. in so addition like to what we're already doing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we, we were quickly coming to the 200th show, but uh, yeah, that was, a good, that was a good idea. So keep those ideas. A lot to tweet about this week mm-hmm. uh, on Pace the Nation. Is that the only suggestion that we had, even though you said we had a bunch of suggestions? Um we had a bunch of tweets. I should have said a bunch of tweets. Um, now, I guess not all suggestions, um, but mm-hmm. uh, some props, some ideas, some promotion, all all good stuff. So, okay. Uh, well, this is a really good recap of right, our tweets. Right, right. You know, one one show we're talking about that was has the perfect ending was mm-hmm. the UVA basketball show <laughs> this year. Now, yeah. that yeah. was a perfect, perfect ending. But 2018 left <laughs> yeah, a little bit to was, be desired. Was, exactly. I hated mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. That that series was awful. The 2019 mm-hmm. series of shows. The writers great. really redeemed themselves in <laughs> they, 2019. They really did, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Which, which I guess, if Game of Thrones can come back for another season, they could redeem themselves. That's true. That just is, pretend that like this true. season never happened. That's true. So, Docs, finally, let's uh, switch gears here. You went to Charlottesville uh, this past week, and we just talked about UVA hoops. Oh, uh, yeah. Charlottesville. Love any Charlottesville conversations. I love. Yeah, I was looking for Chris Long, who just retired. <laughs> Super Bowl champion yes. Chris Long, uh, who's a Charlottesville native. Yes. Um, because I was trying to get him uh, to be on a podcast with me. He, he wanted to do a podcast. I, I remember seeing a, mm-hmm. a tweet or a message yeah. somewhere that he wanted to do a podcast but I, I keep not running into him every time i go down there so but, yeah so tweet him too T- tweet chris <laughs> long and why why are you tell him yeah the next shotgun tweeting your next thing yeah i mean like you guys could tweet chris long and tell him to do a podcast with docs there you go and while you're at it tell jeff probes that i should be on survivor <laughs> right, right there's a um, lot we're giving you a lot of instructions mm-hmm. this week yeah i yeah just just like take the week off from work and get, right. get busy on social media but I, I actually went down to watch Josh Ritter. Hmm. Uh, he's a, a musician, so I, I saw a show at the Jefferson. And uh, um, my friend that I went with, she's like, is this going to be on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, is no. It? No, it's not. No. Yeah. All right. Sorry, friend. It's not on the podcast. It's not going to be on the podcast. No, no. Yeah. All right. So... Just so we're clear, I like it's that, not on the podcast. I like that we're at this point uh, in our our careers that uh, whenever we do something, people now ask us, "Is this going to be on the podcast?" Oh yeah, That's I, great. I actually I do get that. Yes, yeah, 
and then I get those people to <laughs> cherry pick episodes. Just listen to every episode, and then mm-hmm. you'll know. Don't cherry pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to stop giving you. Uh, we're going to stop giving you summaries of the episodes if you don't stop cherry picking them. I don't so, understand what you mean about well, cherry picking. If you cherry pick the episode, if you just want to like skim the summary and see if we talk about Josh Ritter, then uh-huh. that's all she's going to listen to. Oh yeah, I want, yeah, yeah you got to yeah. listen to the whole thing. So well, I, you and I have a different viewpoint on this. I, I feel like uh, we talk way too long on these shows. Yeah, this one and, especially. And yeah. so if if people want to get a you know just hear one specific thing that's, that's why it's there with the times uh, so they could cherry pick i'm fine with it right. but farley no. so it, it depends if you want like i'm on your left shoulder farley's on your right shoulder <laughs> right it depends which devil you want to listen to i don't know where i fit in this mm-hmm. <laughs> right down the middle <laughs> all right my kids are still with the the, the family they just i just oh, we gotta wrap so, this up but, but but i we do have time for um what's going more from docs i have just a quick okay, hitter great just a just a like one okay this this should have been in my intro but i went on like an hour and 50 minute bike ride on saturday any rollerbladers again no, no? rollerbladers okay. disappointing yeah. um but i will say like just i'll make this two complaints instead <laughs> okay. of one complaint all right uh two for one everybody big big bonus um First of all, there's a lot of people that are like cars that are not stopping for bikes anymore on yeah. the trail. That's really annoying. Uh, Tess knows all about that. Mm-hmm. I am familiar. And mm-hmm. uh, but but my real complaint is with my watch. After I was riding my bicycle for an hour and fifty minutes, and I finished and saved it, it said recovery time one hour. <laughs> so as if I'm not doing any putting any work in. So it it's was- like just get back out there, kid. <laughs> So they disrespected your workout mm-hmm. so much that they yeah. just gave you an it's hour like, off. You'll be ready to go f- go at it again in ten, one hour, kid. Ten mile run in an hour. Yeah. Wow, that's funny, mm-hmm. man. I, I don't want whatever watch you, know you that, have. You I don't know want when the watch one. says that? Oh, right? I do. I know what, it. It uh, taunts me with the recovery yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I, I can remember like getting back into running, and it was like you need to take four and a half days off. Well, it must think. And you're, now it's like it must think you're in good shape. So think of it that way. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right. All right, great show, guys. Episode 195 in the books. I got to thank the Sosiasons and the Marshalls for watching my kids, for sure. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you to them. We all thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, great show, guys. Very sh- very good show. Important topics. Thanks again to Lindsey Krause of the New York Times for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Fantastic guest. We'll have to follow up with her on one of her next projects, for sure. All right. For William E. Docs, for Test Strike, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We will see you next week.
exactly. But we want to stay in the news cycle for yes, sure. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. As you know. Yeah. yeah. Like I know about the news cycle. Um, 